Hello, my fellow Extraordinary Americans. My name is Cosmos Dar, and this is Extraordinary America. What is Extraordinary America? Well, you see, America has always been about freedom, opportunity, and the pursuit of happiness. However, most Americans are not free when it comes to the financial front. Most Americans are suffering from financial slavery due to loss of jobs, stagnant wages, inflation, and debt. Wealth and income inequality is the norm now, and the middle class has all but disappeared. So Extraordinary America is about the abolition of financial slavery. It is about the financial freedom of the 99%. It is about the nation of immigrants and the descendant of immigrants restoring the extraordinary within themselves and setting themselves free. The path to financial freedom is through financialist education. It is through becoming entrepreneurs and investors on the light side. In this podcast, I interview fellow Americans who fought against the odds. Many of them came from humble beginnings to see how they did it. It is my hope through these interviews that the extraordinary within you shall awaken and that you will abolish financial slavery from your life and realize the American dream. Once again, welcome to Extraordinary America. Welcome back to the show, my fellow Extraordinary Americans. For today's guest, we have Eric Levine. Eric is a serial entrepreneur, business coach, speaker, and a global fitness expert. He started in the fitness industry in 1979 when he became the first franchisee for Gold's Gym and opened up a chain of six clubs. These six clubs were the most profitable in the entire Gold's chain of more than 100 clubs. During that time, Eric established Super Gym Advertising and Marketing Company the exclusive worldwide agency for all Gold's gyms, winning many international awards, including the silver medal at Canes. Eric then became a partner with Ray Wilson Family Fitness Centers, which grew to 72 locations. He then went on to Asia and created California Fitness in Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan, Korea, Thailand, Vietnam, and Australia, and grew it from zero to hundred plus million dollars in less than three years. His clubs broke every imaginable record for fitness centers around the world, he then sold the chain of California fitness centers to 24-Hour Fitness, retaining a share in that company. In 2004, 24-Hour Fitness sold for an incredible $1.7 billion. Eric was also the founder of Planet Yoga and Bikram Yoga in Asia, the first yoga studios anywhere. He is currently an investor with Mark Mastrop in the New Evolution Ventures, which owns and manages such companies as UFC gyms worldwide. He is an exciting new company now, combining with Revolution Precrafted in a partnership with world champion boxing legend Manny Pacquiao. The new company is called High TT by Manny and provides a boxing and full body workout in a boutique setting. Eric is also the CEO of Eric Levine Global Fitness Expert, a fitness consulting company specializing in all aspects of the industry. He has the pioneering spirit that it takes to become an extraordinary American and that is why I'm honored to have him on the show today. Eric, are you there? Hi, Cosmos. Hey, Eric. Uh, it's really an honor to have you as a guest on today's show. Uh, I'm actually looking, really looking forward to this interview because I feel like we, can, me and the audience can get a lot, uh, a lot of nuggets and uh, of wisdom from you, you know? Hope so. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. So Eric, I know that you are a serial entrepreneur, you're a CEO, and you're a global fitness expert. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and how you got started? Well, I started uh, 
many, obviously many years ago, my father was an athlete and I naturally gravitated towards that for, uh, for my passion. And I, uh, started, as you mentioned in the biography, I, I bought the name Gold's Gym and went for Canada, I opened up a chain there and it was really a startup. I had no experience. I'd actually, um, had to do everything on my own. And uh, that was very successful. And I learned a lot because, you know, you don't have a mentor. You don't really know what you're doing. Everything was on emotion and passion for fitness. And because it was brand new at the time, men and women didn't work out together, but mine, we did. And uh, I had to recreate the brand because that was a really bodybuilding look bald-headed muscle man and I changed the name from Gold's Gym to Gold's Fitness for women and men and ended up having over 60% women and I actually go back a little bit earlier I worked for a company called Club Med which had at uh, resort hotels around the world and were very uh, famous for many reasons uh, which I'm not going to go into in this um, family podcast but um, what I learned there about branding was they had a commercial on TV, a 15-second commercial with a beautiful guy or girl with their hair being blown back. And it said, Club Med, the antidote to civilization. And very simple. And at Club Med, there was like 80 of them around the world in exotic locations everywhere. The food was okay. The rooms were so-so, maybe three-star at best. The shows, which is what I did at night, were like camp shows. And sports, okay. But when people left at the end of the week or the end of two weeks, they were hysterical crying at the parking lot. They just didn't want to go home for anything. Doctors with big practices wanted to stay and just be the doctor on the scuba boat for a few months. And that's where I learned about branding, about passion, about leadership, about creating a value so much higher than the investment or the expectations. And I did that for four years and that was my PhD. Uh, there's no school in the world that could have taught me what I learned in those four years. You know, it's funny that you say that, Eric, because a lot of people go to college and university to like try to like get like a job to become financially, but to become financially free. But here you are, like you learned like as like an apprenticeship almost, and then you learned the craft and then you applied it. And it's pretty, it's pretty incredible altogether. Well, you, yeah, I, you know, throughout my years, I've learned a few things. I, Buddha said, um, you know, you can listen to my, my, my words and try to follow them, but don't follow him and don't follow anything, but learn from direct experience. And that's kind of been my own mantra that sure. There's many great teachers there, but direct experience is the true teacher. And that's kind of what I've done all my life. And I also, when people asked me about teachers or mentors or whatever, 
there's so many people out there ready, ready to give you advice, you know, and they mean well most of the time, but there's choose a teacher or mentor, whatever you want to call it, that has done exactly what you want to accomplish. You want biceps? Try to find an Arnold Schwarzenegger with 24 inch arms. You know, that's how I've done that. I'm not interested in someone who's book smart. I want to see the biceps. I want to ask what he did, what exercise mindset, what nutrition, what vitamin, everything, and follow that. There's thousands of coaches out there that have no pedigree. They learned in a month or two or three, and now they're life coaches. They know everything about life. Yet, if you knew them, you'd see that they're not anything what you want. And so I'm just a cautious follow people that have done exactly what you want that are successful in your area. And that's the best way to, to find a mentor. So Eric, you know, uh, most people, they usually like they, when they come from like middle-class or relatively poor circumstances, they don't usually go beyond that, but you had some sort of driving motivating factor that obviously uh, pushed you to uh, succeed in business. So what was that driving uh, passionate thing about uh, like in your life that made you passionate about what you do? That's a great question, Cosmos. So yeah, I was born in a middle-class family in Montreal. And um, my imagination was always like Calvin and Hobbes. There's a little boy with his tiger. Um, and I always, you know, I was an actor when I was five. I started doing theater and commercials when I was a little boy. So I felt that energy when you're on stage, you're performing, it gives you some things that, you know, it's, it's an energy, it's a confidence, it's a self image booster. So I started really young and I started, I had that as one area that started to open up my potential. And when I was 13, I, I received a book from my cousin who was one of my first first mentors. And the book was a very simple book. It was called Concentration by an Indian sage called Muni Sadhu. And in that simple book, if you practiced it, you would be able to open up the limits that maybe you received from your parents or your school teachers or your friend, however, about, you know, you can't do this, you shouldn't do that, you're only that. And in that book, it talked about how to be limitless uh, in your mind, in your imagination, in your practice, as well as supernatural powers from yoga, which you do get at when you practice certain, certain exercises that, that they uh, will teach you. So with that, and my already healthy imagination, um, I never really thought that I couldn't do anything. I mean, I actually thought I was going to be Superman when I was 11, that sooner or later, I'm going to start to fly. I don't know when, but my cape wasn't that good because my mother put a red, gave me a red towel, and the red towel wasn't going to help fly. I knew that. But uh, I remember thinking that, and then I was also a golfer and um, someone told me about this very special book. Oh, we're talking about late mid, yeah, late sixties. 
The name of the book was Psycho-Cybernetics by a doctor named Dr. Maxwell Maltz. And he was a plastic surgeon. And his premise was people would come to him with, you know, something that they wanted to fix, like, let's say, a crooked or big nose or whatever. And after he'd take their pictures, he'd fix their nose so it was perfect. And then the people would say, well, you didn't fix my nose at all. I got the same nose as I had before the, I paid you the $3,000. And he would show them the before picture and then the mirror. And he would marvel at what happened. And he realized that if your self-image didn't improve, you still saw your big nose. And he went into that world of your subconscious mind, how to make sure that your self-image had no limits. Because if you have limits in your subconscious mind, you cannot go past that. That limit is in stone. That's the guy. I remember I'll give you a, for instance, um, I was in Hong Kong and in my uh, club there, my California fitness in Hong Kong. And there was this great assistant manager and he wanted to be manager and he was great. and He deserved to be manager. He was making a lot of money at the time, about eight or $9,000 a month, This, you know, 30 years ago. And as a manager, he'd be making $20,000 a month, which is obviously a big thing. He wanted to, he was skilled enough. And then I opened up in Singapore, so I took the original manager, put him into Singapore. And now this was this guy's shop. So he's so excited, tells everybody, yeah, I'm starting Monday as manager. He never came. He never showed up. Wait, what? Why? Never, never showed up. Found out later that he was selling. He went, he left Hong Kong, went to Shanghai to sell turtles for like $1,000 a month. Wait, what? But, but he was going to make like 20000 though. Like right. that was, that he, he had a really good thing going, right? It was, it was completely physically perfect for him. But his subconscious mind had a limit. His limit was his self-image said, you're not a manager. You're only a second fiddle. You can never do that job. So what it, if you're placed in a position or an opportunity that is greater than your self-image, what you do is you self-destruct. You sabotage yourself to keep under that bar that you made, that you have in your self-image. And he did exactly that. That's what I'm talking about. Eric, you bring up a really important point because, you know, like uh, a lot of people, they subconsciously have limiting beliefs that stop them from reaching their full potential. Like they want to have a certain lifestyle, but they, 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 they sabotage themselves on a subconscious level. And my question to you would be, what would you, how would you advise somebody who has subconscious self-limiting beliefs to get out of that? And like, what would be the process of them getting out of that and reaching the state where they want to be? Another great question. Well, I'll give you a simple answer. So the subconscious, we spend 95% of our day 
in our subconscious mind. Your hearts, your breath, you're thinking, you know, 95% of the same thoughts you thought yesterday. Everything is on autopilot, i.e. your subconscious mind. 5% is conscious new thoughts, figuring out new things. Your subconscious mind is a counter. So let's say as a young boy, you were taught, well, you're not that handsome, but you better stay in school. Oh, no, let me say, you're not that smart. So figure out something in your life because you're really not smart. And you're, you know, in your first seven years, that's your, that's your, your hard drive of who you're going to be in your subconscious mind for the rest of your life. And your subconscious counts how many times you said, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, I'm never going to be good. I'm not smart, I can't, I'm not intelligent, I can't do anything. Your subconscious is a counter, it counts, let's say 10,000 times you personally have said that to yourself. That's the beacon, that's all you can gather because if that's the vibe you're sending out, that's the vibe that's coming in. So there's a way to change that that is very simple and easy. You create a uh, a, a tape or whatever uh, of your voice, simple that you can re that will re repeat when you go to sleep. The voice will say, "I am intelligent. I have no limits. I welcome challenge. I welcome opportunities. I can do it. I am accomplished. There is nothing that will limit me." I am wonderful. I accept and, and beat every barrier that's even close to me, et cetera, et cetera. Very strong affirmations uh, in your voice. I mean, there's many people on YouTube that have affirmations, but that doesn't work. It helps you, but it doesn't fix the subconscious self-limiter. has to be your voice because your subconscious knows your voice. You create this. Uh, a module that can repeat itself on a loop. You put it uh, in front of your bed, fall asleep with it, let it go for a few hours, whatever. If that upsets your sleep, well, just do it, you know, 15, 20 minutes before you sleep. On the 10,001st time you said that I'm intelligent, your subconscious now believes that. Now it's believed that's the hardware. You're intelligent. And all the old chatter, gone. And that's the simplest way to affect your self-image and your self, uh, your self, your self subconscious. So basically what you're saying is that we, we uh, record our own voice as an affirmation in our phone. And then we put it on loop. And then we listen to it as we go to sleep. And then that will subtly affect our subconscious mind over a period. That is... It's so simple, and yet most people don't do it. And my 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 most only people do it because they heard about this teacher and that teacher and ten years of therapy and fifty thousand of why I'm why I messed up and you know the person that told you you were stupid had no idea how great you are, no idea what you could do. They said that out of their own, you know, their own complex. So now is the time to be free. This is simple and easy and effective. You don't need a psychiatrist. You don't need 
any of that stuff. And you don't want to dwell on the negative. Oh, you know, why am I a doctor? Why do I feel stupid? And pay attention to that. Where you put your attention is where you, your energy flows, as well as simply the law of attraction, which everybody talks about. When you focus on your problem, you attract that problem. When you focus on where you're going, with full imagination, full passion, full manifestation, that's what you're attracting. That's why I don't believe in therapies that harp on the trauma. The more you talk about that trauma, the more you attract it, the more you solidify it. And I'm not saying that people that have Serious issues don't need help. They, for sure. And I'm not a doctor. I just know that the more you focus on it, the more energy, the more you attract the same thing. That's why, I mean, when you have a group of people that are all talking negatively about whatever, that's what you attract. You don't want that. Eric, there's something that I uh, wanted to ask you, since we're on this subject right now, right? So a lot of people, a lot of religious people, right? They want to be good. And uh, they think that if you say I'm this or that, like I, they're being delusional or egotistical, but it's even worse, right? They feel like God wants them to be poor and they, God wants them to, uh, like, wants them to know that they're sinners or like, depending on, it's not just like in the Western world, in the Eastern world as well, right? A lot of like poor people or a lot of people with a negative self-image believes that God wants them to be that way. So what would be your practical advice to people that are like, like they want to be good people, but they, are, they subconsciously believe that they have to be poor or they, or they cannot think in certain ways. Otherwise, they're going to be egotistical and delusional or something like that. Well, you know, creating a tape like we just said will stop that, okay? I'm not here to talk about individual beliefs. Uh, I, I, that's a, no, that's a yearly topic and I respect everybody. I respect everybody's beliefs and by no means would I ever give them advice about that. You can focus on yourself and make yourself the best version of yourself. And it's all inside. It's not someone telling you or watching another person. It's the power to change, the power to choose, the power to do as you wish all comes from inside, not external in any way, shape or form. That is, that is so beautiful. And I'm really glad that you're, that you're saying that because since we're talking about subconscious beliefs, a lot of people have limiting beliefs, but they blame it on like external circumstances like religion or the environment or the country that they're in or government. But what you're suggesting is that it's based on what is inside of you and you can control your own destiny. And that is, that is ironically the entire point of exploring America, you know? So thank you so much for saying that. Uh, but Eric, on a different note, like or it, as a continuation of this, what is your uh, opinion on spirituality and yoga in application to business? Because I know there's like an, you have like an intermix of like you're deeply spiritual, but you are you are really successful in business. So how does how does spirituality apply to the business world, according to you? You're asking some really good questions here, Cosmos. Um, the truth 
is, in my opinion, what you do in one thing is really who you are in everything. You know, I, and I've, and I've wrestled with, oh, okay, I can do my meditation for a couple of hours and then someone says the wrong thing and I'm off, you know, freaking out. You know, I'll give you a funny story. Um, my yogi who, in, who uh, initiated me into very beautiful uh, legacy, uh, the Himalayan masters, and I'll tell you about my yoga journey in a minute. So his teacher, my, my teacher's teacher, he was the Chaitracharya, which means he was the holder of the worldwide Vedantic knowledge uh, for all yogi, everything. And he was, he was at 24, they made him that. They found him meditating for days amongst crocodiles that were just sitting next to him, kind of protecting him. And they chose him, but that's so crazy. Like, that's awesome. You could read a book called living with the Himalayan masters by Swami Rama. It's, it's short stories on what he did. Beautiful. So Swami Rama was as the Shankaracharya, he invited all the top yogis from India to sit and do a lecture. So. He did this lecture in the mountains. He's wearing his saffron robe, you know, his long hair, and he's talking at, you know, level 100 about specifics of the science of yoga to these other masters, you know, meditating, chanting, and and my teacher was there watching. So it ends, and, you know, the sacred chariot is talking like an angel, right? And the... Lecture is over. Swami Rama comes back into the ashram, throws off his saffron robe. He's wearing a white t-shirt and jeans. And he, he goes over to the contractor who is building his hospital for free, like a, a hospital, if you can't afford it, it's all free. And he starts to yell at the contractor, why are you so late? Why is it over cost? like a normal entrepreneur whose contractor messed up. So the yogi on the hill was in a saffron robe, but when he got back in the ashram, he was that version of Swami Rama, wanting to get his project done on time, on budget, you know, with every word that you can imagine you'd be saying at that time. So that was a great lesson for me and making it feel like, okay, if he can do it, I'm sure I can do it uh, and not feel too guilty. So the, the message is that really you try to bring what you learn from spiritualism or anything into all aspects of your life. We're, you and I are in a group called Bellwether Alliance which is a beautiful alliance of entrepreneurs, authors, everybody, celebrities, doctors. And we have a credo and the 52 laws of doing business. And it's about doing business in a, I'm not going to say spiritual way. I'm going to say in a holistic, honest way. Um, And that is something that the world as it grows, this alliance and others similar maybe will really help be 
guideline to how to do business with, I don't like the word morality, but whatever word would replace that. And we're also going to do bellwether youth. So we're going to have this alliance for kids and that'll come out next year at some time. So that's kind of my direction. And after all these years and of learning in business, that's where it, for me, that's where it should be. No, I do. I do believe that like in business, we do need a certain level of morality and a certain level of laws that everybody should follow because, you know, there's like a lot of criminal exchange and partial exchange going on in the world right now when it comes to business practices. And that is affecting the economy in a negative way, right? It, it's all about a ripple effect, you know, in spirituality, like you do one action and then like it ripples across the world and it eventually it comes back to you. And bringing to an earlier point, I do think one of the reasons I'm so excited to interview you is, is because you're like the hybrid of like, of like the yogic type of spirituality and, uh, and like, uh, and like entrepreneurship. And it's something that I believe, cause I myself came from like an Indian background and I've done, uh, and I'm all like into, I'm interested in yoga meditation. And I think that they like the East and the West have to balance each other out, like where there was. Initially, there's too much materialism in the West and too much spirituality in the East, but we must have a holistic whole, a, a holistic approach to everything. And if you bring balance, spiritual balance in the West and more of the material balance in the East, that and then bring them all together, the planet will uplift it itself naturally on an all-round level. And so that's, and you're like, I see you as like an avatar of like somebody that's like having balance between the material and the spiritual world. So I'm, I really admired that aspect about you. So, uh, when you started the California fitness, right. And then, uh, and then it went and it sold to 24 hour fitness, uh, what, uh, in that three to five year journey, what are some of the biggest lessons and challenges you, uh, like what were some of the biggest lessons you learned and uh, what are some of the challenges you faced along that journey? Well, many, obviously, um, when I first left uh, California to go to Asia, I decided on Hong Kong because it's international. They speak English more or less at the time for sure. Now, maybe not so much. And, uh, I, I had a visual manifestation that I manifested. I brought it down to a level when you manifest the more detail you put in your manifestation easier to attract what you want. And it's not just, okay, so I imagined finding a 40,000 square foot, all glass building, center of Hong Kong. I imagined the door being wide open. As soon as you got near there, you heard the music before even Walkman's, yeah? I had the music cranked up like Van Halen concert and the energy would blow you away. I visualized my team high-fiving and how you doing club med style party. And I visualized the people's sounds, the music, the smells of, of success. I visualized how I felt about it, how I was so proud and excited and on point and energy flowing and money coming in like crazy and people getting healthy and 
every single detail. I visualized an escalator, the windows, the treadmills in the windows, people working out, you know, and when I got there, so I had that, right? And then I got there and everyone told me, A, there's no 40,000 square foot building. B, there's no building with glass like that. C, uh, you're never going to get a building where a landlord's going to give you more than one year rent. And B, and the worst one, Chinese people will never work out. And men and women will, ne women will not sweat in front of a man. That's not the culture. Go home, wasted your time, you know? And I heard that from people that were pretty smart, you know, lawyers and, and accountants and PR companies. And, you know, had I not been at a very powerful stage in my life where I heard no, 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 not just no, they laughed, impossible. And I had such a powerful time. I was doing great meditation. I was in great shape in every part of my life. And I had this manifestation in concrete. Every no didn't affect me because I had already visualized, manifested it. I go to a landlord of another building and he laughed at me. He was proficient. He was smoking a cigar and he could make perfect cigar circles. And he timed it so it would rest on my nose. <laughs> like like a, a bad spaghetti Western, you know, with Clint Eastwood. Wow. And he said, get out. Get out of my office. I'm never going to rent you a, a gym. Get out of here. So I left. A bit rattled. Uh, and because I went to that building, I had to walk down a different street than I had ever walked down. But when I walked down the street, I saw the exact building that I had visualized. And I'm looking at it like my goosebumps are still on, like my jaw dropped. I'm looking at this thing. And then they're putting up a sign. And a guy walks by, Chinese guy, said, Excuse me, can you tell me what that sign said? What do you think it said? Uh, for rent. For rent. No, it said for it. Wow. So. I, I didn't know it was like, it looked, they had the escalators, the big door, everything visually. Like I, I don't know. Oh, I'm, what am I going to do next? Yeah. So I look across the street and there was a restaurant called California. So I had heard of this one man, a businessman from my hometown, from Montreal, Canada, and he was now a billionaire. He owned all those areas and buildings and nightclubs and restaurants. And I, I heard of it. I knew his name. And I just went into the restaurant and I'm just, you know, on fire. And I said to the uh, waitress, to the hostess, uh, is Mr. Alan Zeman there? And just to fast forward, he's actually the godfather of my son. So uh, I, I, he said, yes, she's here. Who, who, who are you? I said, well. I'm from Montreal because I speak to him. He comes out, he takes my hand. I tell him my dream. He says, we need that ad here. And I said, do you know the owner of that building? He says, he's my dear friend. Whoa, this is, that is Dad, crazy, Eric. He says, as a matter of fact, he's in the area. 
maybe I'll give him a call and see if he'd come over. He comes over and he says, tell me about a gym in Hong Kong, like young guy. And to make a long story short, the rent was 250,000 US dollars a month 25 years ago. So he said, I'd love to rent it for you, but you need to give me six months in advance plus first and last months. So I had to give him a million and a half dollars. With everybody telling me that the Chinese won't work out, go home, blah, blah, blah. And, and three months later, I had opened the doors. I built the whole thing. Uh, it cost four million U.S. dollars plus the million and a half deposit. I pre-sold three thousand five hundred members at about twelve hundred U.S. each, four million dollars. And sixty days after opening, I had all my money back. Wow, that is crazy. That's that was a huge risk, and you somehow pulled it off. Like most people would be too afraid to take a risk like that. Like, what made you go through it? Even though, like most others, they would. There's I, Osmo. I, I was so set on it, and you know, it was the right time. Uh, Hong Kong, uh, Asia had no fitness centers. Imagine the entire continent of Asia had no fitness centers, and. I knew that sooner or later, people grab, you know, are going to get it. Yeah. And so that timing was right. Competition was nil. I knew what I was doing at, you know, at that time, 20 years of experience. I'm very good at branding and marketing. Cindy Crawford was on my board of directors and my friend and my first page, full page ad, color ad, Cindy Crawford. Hi, you know, welcome to California Fitness, my club. And we just hit a Grand Slam home run. But every country I went to was the same thing. Oh, people here won't work out. The same, the same story. Forget it. We're not going to work out. And we all go through that in a million, million times in our life. Oh, you're never going to get hurt like you. You're never going to get a reservation at that, whatever, you know, knows, knows mean you just got to figure out a new ask, a new way to ask, keep going. I mean, this is what I would want my audience to know that even if your environment is telling you no, or you can't do it, or like people are telling you, what are you thinking? You got to push forward anyways, because they don't know what they're talking about. If you have a strong visualization. Uh, and like you will figure out a way, you know, if you're, if you're set, you'll figure out a way. So, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, that's the one, that's how you got to be, uh, set up. However, I mean, I could go to the East coast with all my great intentions of seeing a sunset and the sunsets on the West coast. Right. Yeah. So it's not just pretending. You have to do, you know, you have to get it because the universe isn't going to give you something that you're not ready for. You know, it's not going to give you that building. It's not going to do that unless you, not only are you ready, but you have to really be ready and understanding the whole picture. It's like a doctor. He's got to go, she's got to go through their training. And still she has to imagine how wonderful the outcome is of this surgery. You, you have to know what you're doing. You have to do all your due diligence as well. You know, 
you have to get in, in my case, I had to have the best PR firm, the best lawyer to tell me about the laws of Hong Kong, accountant for taxes. I had to do my own due diligence. I went everywhere looking, you know, the right place. I had to do my due diligence as well. So it's not just, okay, pretend and imagine, and it's going to happen. That's a big part of it, but it's not the whole part. Eric, I, I like just for the audience, you know, like the reason, like uh, you played a major role in essentially like 24 hour fitness being where it is today. Like, like you were like, had you not done all those things all those years back, like we, uh, there would have, there would have been no merger with California fitness and 24 hour fitness. So it's all like a, it's like a cascading effect, you know? And it's yeah. all because you as an entrepreneur took a big risk and it paid off. And that's, yes. that's, that's the main point I want to drive home. You know, it's, it's amazing. So 24 hours, the, uh, the founder and chairman is my good friend, Mark Mastro. He was the one that, I'll tell you how strong he is. Uh, we had a crazy offer from a very well-known billionaire for $1.2 the year before. And every one of the board of directors said, let's do it, let's do it. And Mark said, no, next year we can get $1.7 billion. And we did. We did exactly what he had envisioned. So I don't take all the credit for that. He should get the credit for that. I was uh, one of the big shareholders in that company, but um, he taught me a lot. He said, yeah, and I'm the godfather of his daughter. So we're, we're kind of like family now. That is, that is awesome. But, uh, but on a different note, Eric, uh, I wanted to ask you, America, like, you know, America is the ladder of the free and the place where dreams are made. Do you agree or disagree with that? Every country has wonderful, except, you know, wonderful things. Uh, and the, I've been to 81 countries in my life and I've lived in many. And what I've learned, Cosmo, is cultures are so important to have a understanding, a foundation of those people. And each one has remarkable, wonderful things to it. And maybe in your opinion, some you don't understand or don't like. Um, and America is one of those countries. Uh, yet, America has unbelievable advantages. It is a wonderful place. Lately, you know, maybe you're not, you know, it's, it hasn't gone as free as it was pre pre previous. And countries have their ups and downs. And collective consciousness is a real thing. You know, I, I learned that. And you can feel that when you enter a country, even by plane. So I think America is a gorgeous, powerful country. It's on the, you know, it's teetering back and forth with many bad decisions currently, economically, and it'll rebound. Uh, and, but it's all fluid, Cosmo. It's all, all fluid. One person's decision changes the whole country, the whole world. And when you learn that, understand the sensitivity of it all. But is, you know, America is great, super opportunities. And there's so many other countries that I can list 
that have wonderful opportunities. It's who you are, Kasha. It's not about external factors. It's who you are. And I know there's many countries that limit everything. I, I've been there. I've, I've seen it. And I'm not saying, okay, by visualization to be free of that. No. The power is in the silence inside you. And that's not going to overthrow a government or change the language. There's nothing to do with that. It just makes you available for the universe to use you for the best you can be. That is, that is pretty deep and insightful, Eric. Like I can, what I would like to add is that personally, like from my background, uh, I believe in this concept of, uh, like like what they call in Indian spirituality, moksha, right? And also like the pursuit of ananda or infinite bliss, right? And what I found in, in the American identity, since we're talking about it, is they, are, they believe in freedom and pursuit of happiness. But eventually, like what I see is that the, uh, people in America will evolve to this higher level of consciousness where they will let go of materialism gradually and realize that everything is like everything is being the entire purpose of existence is freedom and the pursuit of unlimited permanent state of happiness, which is where I feel that way. This is why, like, I get so passionate about American identity altogether. That's something I wanted to add, you know, since we're talking about it. Well, you know, I, I am friends with the Royal family of a beautiful little country called Bhutan between China, uh, between India and Tibet. It's way up in the Himalaya mountains. They actually have a, a, a minister of happiness. Wow. They have a minister of happiness. So let's say you want to do a new development of condo. He or she has to approve it. Say, well, wait a minute. You know, that's going to take away from that forest or that park. And it's going to bring down our happiness. It's not going to go through. And uh, so you have that too. You have extreme, yes, they're economically nowhere near America or maybe opportunities in material stuff, but certainly they have opportunities in reaching spiritual heights and happiness. It, so it, it, you know, you have to be aware of that. Like, Eric, it's so interesting that I'm talking with you about this, right? Because uh, ultimately, like, people are all seeking happiness, but they're going about it in different ways, right? And in the West, what we notice is that people are seeking happiness by buying things and materialism. Like, they, they think that buying more and more things will make them happy. But the, eventually, the entire point of extraordinary America is to make people realize that you cannot find permanent happiness in impermanent, limited things. In order to find true permanent happiness, you have to adopt a sense of spirituality where you're seeking something that is more limitless. And it seems like you understand this on a deep level, which is, which is like so amazing, you know? It, it, it's hard to generalize about any country or any people because we're all, we all have infinite choice, right? We can choose whatever it is we want. And yeah, America is extraordinary for sure. But one thing you have to think about is Happiness to me is not the same as happiness to you. And happiness to somebody in Florida is not the same as happiness in Alaska, maybe. We all have our vision of what happiness is. 
to some people, having a family is the ultimate happiness. To other people, having less than $500 million in their bank account, you know, is the happiness barrier, what means success to happiness for them. So it's important to not judge what someone is trying for or going for or doing or being because that's their path. That's their version of life. And the, the best way I've found is to accept. You don't have to agree or disagree. You just have to let it be. Just let it be that that's their version of this life could be 100% the same or 100% opposite. But happiness means many different things to everybody. So that's what I'm aware of. So since we're speaking of happiness, right? Like everybody's person in America, everybody perceives the American dream and everybody's idea of the American dream is different. And like that is their idea of the pursuit of happiness. So according to you, what would be the biggest challenge that most Americans face when it comes to realizing the American dream and their, uh, and their pursuit of happiness and how would they overcome it? Well, again, you know, it's hard to generalize like that. When you learn about your, who, who you are, and I'm not saying about religion or spiritualism, but for me, you know, through meditation and through yoga, I hear myself in the silence more than the TV and yapping and whatever. Um, it's a big movement in America, consciousness and uh, self-help, wellness, and big, and they become the leaders of it, you know? They're the leaders in yoga right now. Santa Monica, California has more than all of India. So who's the leader right now? Well, America is, you know? And uh, there's that's another long, time, long story when I re kind of broke broke in yoga to Asia and then to America. That's another story. But right now, America is the leader in yoga. You know, 5,000-year-old science. Uh, that's what Americans can do. Well, anyway, you know, they take something, they do it their way, they put their energy, their efforts, their brains and everything, and all of a sudden, they're the, cap they're the head of it, the capital of yoga. So I love that as well. But on that I on that I totally agree with you. Like that's the brilliance of extraordinary Americans. They can yeah. take anything from different countries and then they can adapt it and they become the best in whatever they're doing at that period of time. That's, that's the right. reason that I see great hope in this nation. You know? Amer American ingenuity uh is unbelievable. No, totally. Yeah. Um, so Eric. Um, I know that you're actually the CEO of Eric Levine, Global Fitness Expert. Uh, can you tell us and the audience a little bit more about your uh, company and what it does and all of that? Well, you know, I partners with Mark Mastroff in uh, New Evolution Ventures. We own 50% of UFC gyms and other clubs from Australia through Mexico, uh, everywhere, America. We're at UFCs in 70 countries right now. And uh, so as, as uh, Eric Levine Global, I do consulting and investing and buying and selling 
clubs all over the world. So when someone has a need for that, they contact me and I, I, if it's, if it's in my scope of what I want to do, then they can reach me and I'll work with them either as a buyer or a seller or a consultant, but usually, um, they're bigger projects right now. Awesome. Uh, so Eric, can you tell us uh, a little bit more about, is there any project or work that you're doing right now that you'd want the audience to get a glimpse into? Well, one of them is the Bellwether Alliance, B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R. There's no A there. Look into Bellwether Alliance, see if it resonates with yourself. Uh, the website's not great, okay? But if you if it does pique your interest in some way, you know, you can contact Bellwether Central and find out more about it. It's a, it's an opportunity to be with people that are doing the best they can in a great way. Opportunities galore, uh, meeting incredible people. And I'm working on that with the people at Central. And the head guy is a good friend of mine, Dan Vega. And it's something that I would recommend for those people. Uh, I can recommend many little books and teachers. There's some great teachers out there. Uh, Esther Hicks, H-I-C-K-S. You got Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, you've got, oh my, so many, uh, Sad Guru for yoga. You got Osho. He had some great books. Swami Rama. There's so many great teachers out there. There's books like um, even a simple little book called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Illusions by Richard Bach, the, the man that did uh, Jonathan Siegel. You've got The Book of Secrets by Osho. These are some great, amazing books that if you can get your hands on them, even that first book I read when I was 13, Concentration by Muni Sadhu, all of these will give you a leg up. And if you enter the world of Bellwether, it'll really help you, your business, your family, and uh, meet some extraordinary people. That is awesome, Eric. So, Eric, um, can you uh, like where can our audience go to get to know more about you and the work that you're doing and all of that? And how can they uh, contact you or connect with you? Thank you. Uh, my website is ericlevineglobal.com. And that, you know, if you want to send me a message there or even more simple, that's through my website. Just Eric Levine, 55 at gmail.com is my personal email. And I'll respond to you uh, as soon as I can. Awesome, Eric. Eric, uh, it's been a real honor to have you as a guest on the show. Like, I, I cannot express how much I, I'm grateful for this opportunity. And uh, we learned a lot from, uh, like, your wisdom and all of that. And I would really hope that you come back to the show at a later point. Well, you know? thank you much honored to be here Cosmo you're a great person I know you and your interview is great wonderful actually so 
Thank you for spending the time with me. Right? Thank you, Eric. And I want to conclude this show by telling my fellow extraordinary Americans that, hey, there is an extraordinary within each, every, uh, each and every one of us. It's our duty to awaken it and unleash it. Until next time, bye for now. Hey there, everyone. Thank you for watching Extraordinary America. If you like what you see, please do subscribe to our podcast and share it with others. Remember that the best investment that you can make in your lifetime is in your own financial education, for it is knowledge that truly sets you free. Also remember that uh, your purchasing power is being diluted through inflation, and then the practical thing to do is to protect the loss of your purchasing power by investing in precious metals or the right cryptocurrencies. Also, never forget that you are an extraordinary American. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.